the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Can I pray with you, real quick? That's right. That's right, please. Amen. We don't want to go to church and God don't meet us when we get there. You want God to meet you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you right now. God, you know, God, her battle, God. God, her innermost secrets, God. The things that only you know. The thing that only you understand. The thing that she's believing you to do. Father, right now, God, I come in agreement with her right now, God. God, even there's things, God, that's in her heart that's between you and her. God, and rightfully so. God, I pray for her right now, God. God, and not only do I pray for her, God, I pray with her. God, and I lift her up, God, right now in Jesus' name. God, and everything, God, that you have purpose for her life. God, I curse at the root everything, God, that the enemy has tried to plant before her. God, to block her, God. God, every relationship that's not of you, God. God, open her eyes to see, God. God, and everything, God, that's not of you, God. Give her the strength, my Lord, God to follow your will with our whole heart oh God God cause when you call us oh God as long as we obey God you will give us the strength grant it to her in the name of Jesus thank you father thank you thank you lord thank you go on and praise him sis hallelujah lord thank you come on y'all give him a hand clap Amen. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to go to church and not meet the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. As we get ready to go into the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I hope y'all don't mind having a little church with me tonight. Amen. Y'all don't mind? Amen. Y'all know when we were in the world, Friday night with no work on a Saturday. <laughs> Amen. You will go all night. I got anybody that used to go all night in there. <laughs> you a new preacher now, so you don't act like you don't remember. <laughs> don't act like you forgot how you used to go all night. Amen. And if you got there before 12, everybody, I mean... Amen. You have to get there a little late, make your entrance. Amen. So you can make sure you get there till two and then stay a little longer. And sometimes you get in the club and it's two o'clock and the lights come on and you get mad. Anybody ever got mad when the lights come on? Well, how we come to church and don't and ask God to hurry up? Amen. We were out there. The Bible said, if you live in the flesh, you're going to die. You get mad when the lights come on. All that was was your flesh trying to have a good time. But we here now getting ready to sow into our spirit. Amen. So we somebody say preach the word. Hallelujah. Somebody say God is not a man. Hallelujah. God want us to know, amen, tonight, amen, that he's faithful. He's consistent. We can count on him. Let's go over here to the book of Numbers. And amen. God is challenging the church now not to respond negatively, negatively based on human interactions no more. <laughs> amen. If you come into church and you run across somebody maybe having a bad day or a tear or a babe and they may not be friendly and greet you, you can't say, well, I'm not serving God no more. Amen. If you get into a situation, amen, where you somebody mistreats you in church. Amen. And you feel like it shouldn't happen there. God is looking for some people that's ready to rise above those things. Amen. How can we be used of God and we can't suffer with Christ? You know, suffering with Christ means when Christ commands you to do something or he's asking you to obey in an area. Amen. Your obedience may cause backlash and adversity. That's what suffering with Christ is. Amen. Being willing to take the pushback and the adversity that comes for standing with Christ. Amen. Anybody ready to, ready to suffer with him? Because the Bible says if you suffer with him, what comes after that? A lot of people want to reign but don't want to suffer. Amen. You can't suffer. You can't reign without the suffering. The suffering precedes the reigning. 
Because suffering is how you, Paul taught the church, he began to teach them, he began to say things like, mortify your members which are upon the earth. He began to talk about crucifying the flesh. Amen. You don't hear that kind of preaching too much anymore because people don't want to allow the fleshly mannerisms that they came to God with to die off of them. Amen. The Bible talks about when the kingdom of God comes, though it's powerful, though you feel it. Anybody been filled with the Holy Ghost before? Anybody can bear witness with me and know that when that power comes upon you, you can feel your burdens lifted. You can feel your mind free. You feel clean. You feel washed. But guess what? No matter how dynamic your, your encounter was, it may have been to the point where you couldn't even stop yourself from speaking in tongues. Anybody had that kind of encounter where you didn't have no doubt? See, some people, they get, they, they get the Holy Ghost and God, you know, it comes all kind of ways. Some people, you know, it may come stammering lips. It may come with a language. It may come like a baby. You know, and some people, after God touch them and feel them, I've seen some people, they say, well, I got touched. No, that means they wanted to go back into the world. God, if God fill you with the Holy Ghost, you got to keep that. Amen? You got to keep that. But Jesus said this. He began to compare it, and he said it like this. The, the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. We know that, right? He said, but it's like a mustard seed. And though it's dynamic and powerful, it comes in you, and it's the equivalent of a mustard seed. And when it's planted inside your spirit and your soul, when God sheds the Holy Ghost upon you abundantly, that mustard seed has to begin to grow. Amen? And Paul says the inward man, or that man that has been filled with the Holy Ghost, is renewed day by day. But he said that outward man, or that man that you came with, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, he breaks the bondages and the addictions and the power of that old man off of you. But now you've got to start being renewed in the Holy Ghost. And day by day, as you are renewed in the Holy Ghost, that outward man is dying. That's the simultaneous action that's supposed to be happening in every believer life. The inward man is getting stronger, and the outward man is dying every day. Every day. All right? So, as you're going through these processes, and when you get the Holy Ghost, you move from what's called being in condemnation because the Bible says he that believe it not is condemned already. So in legal terms, what that means is when you are not a believer, when you're living in sin, you already condemned. He say, but once the spirit of God come upon you, you move from condemnation to righteousness. You're now in right standing with God. But guess what? You just start because the Bible says you go from righteousness to holiness. And in that travel from righteousness to holiness, that's going to be some things that you got to deal with on your walk to becoming holy or reaching that holiness statue. Amen? And that's why God is letting you know, I'm going to be with you. Even when you're walking from righteousness to holiness, because a lot of people, they don't want to accept the fact that when you come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have a spot, a blemish, a wrinkle on you or any such thing. So how is it that when you get the Holy Ghost, all your spots, gone, all your wrinkles gone? When Paul taught that the church had to be washed, what is he telling you? That along this way, when the Holy Ghost begins to reveal to you spots and blemishes and wrinkles, God got to wash that out of you as you move into becoming holy. Because the Bible says, holiness without no man go. Don't see the Lord. See, and you got to get to that point. If you, how many people want to see the Lord? That's it. Everybody, nobody, all right. I know I want to see the Lord, <laughs> but I'm telling you how to see Him. If you live a holy life, you're gonna come face to face with Him one day. But without that. And, this, and Paul being going to write the church, he say, don't be deceived. Idolaters, whoremongers, fornicators, all he began to give a list. He said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, and as you look out in the church where the sad part about it is, now they're teaching, you know, and it's been going on to where they're kind of coming up with things that give people little excuses and allowances to have these spots. But I want to be the kind of person that truthfully lets you know that without a holy life, you can't come in contact with the Lord. 
Because Paul said, don't let nobody trick you. Don't let nobody deceive you. <laughs> and holiness is not legalism. A lot of people teaching that once you start living holy, that's legalistic. Now, holiness, holy living is not legalism. Because Paul began to teach all them things that uh, from there he began to teach it. If you go in the book of Romans, Paul began to walk all through the same things that was taught. Somebody say holy living is not legalism. Somebody say holiness is still right. Lord, y'all got to say that with some authority. The church don't like to say that no more. Somebody say holiness is still right. Right. Ain't that beautiful? So let's go over here to the book of Numbers chapter. Let me see where I'm at. I'm going to preach this to you. Amen. Chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23, verse 18 to 23. Amen. Y'all have it? Y'all there? Numbers 23, 18 to 23, five verses. Let me read them and then I'll give you a little backstory. He says, and he took up his parable and he said, rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie. Uh, Numbers 23, 18 to 23. Verse 19 is saying, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said, then shall he not do it? Or has he spoken it? And not make it good. He said, Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. All right, hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody say, When God commands the blessing, it can't be reversed. But now let's go to the other side. When God puts a curse, it cannot be reversed. Amen. What God spoke is what's final authority. Amen. He says, he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought, forth, God brought them out of Egypt, and he, has, he had, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He says, surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, what had God wrought? So how did we get to this point right here? Balak was the king of the Moabites. Amen? And Balaam was the prophet of the Lord. And Israel was coming out. God was leading them forth. And as they were going forth, they were conquering. They were subduing. They were blessed. God was with them. They were living clean. And God was pleased with them. And Balak he began to get afraid of them. And he began to say, Lord, if we don't stop these people, they're going to consume everything and us included. So he called the prophet of the Lord because they believed that if the prophet spoke a thing, that it would come to pass. They believed that God would, would, would allow. The, see, a prophet can't just speak what he want to speak. He got to speak what God tells him to speak. <laughs> now to think about a prophet, the prophet's heart have to be pure. Because now you're going to see Balaam begin to negotiate with God on behalf of his own personal agenda. You can't be a servant of God and try to persuade God to do something evil for your personal gain. So here come Balaam and they come and they go. The Bible said the first thing they did, they sent elders to Balaam. Moab, uh, Balak, he sent them elders to Balaam. Then he sent them with gifts. Then he said, hey, these people are coming out. I want you to curse them. Balaam, his immediate response was, I am not going to do that. God did not tell me to say that. God did not tell me to do that. And God came down and he told Balaam, don't even go with him. Balaam went about his way. See, the devil is persistent. <laughs> Just because you obeyed last week and got victory, that don't mean you're going to have victory this week. 
just because you denied yourself last week, oh yeah, he gonna come back and knock again in about seven days. He's gonna keep checking on you to see if you holding consistent. So they came, so they went back and they told Balak, they said, Well, Balak, Balaam didn't take it. He said, God said, don't come. Balak said, Okay, I'll tell you what. He went up in the ranks and he grabbed some elders of higher rank. And he sent them with more and offered Balaam more. Balaam saw all of that that he could gain. And he began to say, Big God, God, you sure? You ever been like that? When God, if he spoke it to you last week, don't do it. But that don't mean he's going to change his mind this week. He just said, I'm not the son of man. I don't have to repent. If I told you no last year that he's not the one, this year he's still not the one. Well, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Balaam come back up there. Balaam say, so God said, I tell you what. God said, go with him. Did he change his mind? No, he didn't change his mind. Anybody ever raised a kid that, that they just begged and bothered you so much? You didn't change your mind, but you just say, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to just have to show you. <laughs> God said, I'm going to just have to show Balaam. So here Balaam, and, and, and pay attention to the spirit in this. Balaam gets on his donkey, the same donkey he'd been riding for many years, serving him. Every time he say, let's go, the donkey just say, the donkey just sat and rolled. Now here this time, Balaam gets ready to ride, and they're starting their journey, and the donkey see an angel standing in the way. Some of you got an angel standing in your way. You're contemplating the wrong direction. And the Bible says this. It says, when so the Balaam started hitting the donkey. The donkey stopped. The Bible said the donkey fell this way. Balaam started hitting him. He fell. Then he just said, you know what? The, the donkey just booked it down. He said, I'm not moving. Donkey said, I'm not moving. Balaam just beating the donkey. He wanted that fleshly reward so bad. Do you ever wanted something in your flesh so bad? You just irritated at everybody that's in your way stopping you from trying to get it? And you just keep searching and searching until you find the answer you're looking for. Because somebody's going to give you the answer you're looking for if you just keep going far enough. Man, that donkey just dropped. The Bible said that the prophet was in madness. See, sometimes you can want something in your flesh so bad it puts you in a rage. The Bible said the prophet, the Bible said the donkey forbade the madness of the prophet. So the donkey got hit, got hit. God just put him out on the donkey. Open it up. The donkey said, okay. Now here I am all of this time. Every time we had an assignment, I just rolled where you told me to go. And then God opened up Balaam's eyes and he saw the donkey. See, and when he saw that, when he saw that angel, Balaam, his heart smote him. And when his heart smote him, he began to say, now he want to get humble. But God said, I still want you to go. So as he began to go, think about it, y'all. Think about it. The prophet was so in a rage, he didn't even realize that a donkey was talking. He, he didn't even, sometimes God will open your child mouth and say, Daddy, you know you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and you could be so in a rage to where you don't even realize that God has given your child a mouth trying to help you and get you in line. God can give a donkey a mouth and not your child. So he didn't come up and God had to tell Balaam and he had to let the world know, I am not a man. I am not the kind of person that speak a thing and then change my mind. I am not the son of man. What that is saying is the son of man means when you're begotten of a human, you have the ways of a human. So what God was telling him, don't associate me to the humans that you've been in contact with. 
Because sometimes a human being can have the spirit of God and they could be walking in the spirit. But then you look up in about a week and they back in the flesh. God said, you will never catch me in the flesh one day, in the spirit one day. I am not a man. I'm consistent. You don't believe that a human being can change? Let me teach you something about a human being. Jesus was with Judas three years. Judas was a great man. He was the keeper of the money. He was the keeper of the treasure. He was right there in the circle. When they presented Judas with an opportunity to betray, look what Jesus asked him. He said, how have you allowed Satan to enter your heart? Now, here this man was around the Messiah himself for three years. What better example can you have in front of you than the Messiah himself? And even in that circle, Satan was able to penetrate one of his 12's heart. And he asked him, at what point in your life did you let Satan change your character? Because you wasn't always a snake. That's why God is saying, you never have to worry about, look what the scriptures say. This is so beautiful. See these scriptures, look what he said. It says, God, he said, don't let a man ever say, I'm tempted of God. He said, because God doesn't tempt a man to do evil. But look what his next phrase was. Neither can he be tempted to do evil. Meaning, there's nothing that can come God's way that can cause his character to change. Nothing can be presented to God that would make God even consider turning against you, betraying you, letting you down, not being there for you, pulling his love back. Because there's nothing that anybody anywhere can offer God that would make him stop being consistent to you. So why do we allow human beings that may misrepresent God to cause us to turn away from a consistent God? God asked Israel, are not my ways equal? Then he asked them this, what fault have you found in me? God said, you can search from the beginning of Genesis all the way through. And you're going to always see me fair. You're going to always see me equal. And you can never say you ever found fault in the way I treated one person. So why will you turn against me based on what another person do to you? A lot of times we don't realize when we let people hurt us and damage us and we walk away from God, you're walking. You, God is not the one that did you anything. you got to remember that because until you get past that and get delivered from people, you're never going to be anything in God. you got to get to the point where nothing nobody can do to you can cause you to turn on God. Until you get to that point, the enemy is always going to use people to get to you. Now, if, you, if, 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 if that happened to you up until today, bless your heart. <laughs> but after today, God is requiring consistency from you the same way he is consistent to you. Anybody ever called on the Lord and he let him down? Can anybody testify anywhere that God don't come through for him? <laughs> David said, I was a young man. And then I got all the way to my age and I began to reflect. I've never seen a righteous person forsaken. What forsaken means is when you get in a hard situation, the person that can help you just walk away. God said, David said, I've never seen God forsake a man that was committed to living right. <laughs> Somebody say, God will never forsake you. <sighs> Somebody say, God is not a man. Ooh. There's more to this. Let's go over here to Malachi 3, verse 6. And I want to drive this home. Amen. I want to drive this home. Malachi 3, verse 6. I'm going to just read that one verse. Look what it says. I'm in Michael. Hold on. Wrong one. Malachi, the third chapter, verse number six. Y'all got it? 
It says, for I am the Lord. And I what? He what? He what? God say, I'm the Lord. I don't change. Your husband can change on you. Your husband can stand at the altar with you and get married and get all googly eyes and weak in the knees. And you're the best thing that ever happened to him. And in about 12 years, he can't stand you. <laughs> People can change. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm... Anybody ever been on this earth long enough to know that people change? <laughs> that's why a lot of times you can't find peace because you're looking in the wrong place. Do you put your the Bible say woe unto you when flesh is your arm, when all your whole life is built on the way other people treat you? You're gonna live a miserable life because the emotions of human beings are moving targets. They change. You building your life on a moving target. Human emotions, they like a serpent on a rock. It just. <laughs> so why would we base our walk with God on human interaction? I say I don't change. <sighs> All right. I'm just driving on my point. Y'all got it? Go to James 1 and 17. God said, I'm tired of people walking away from me. Like I did something to them. <laughs> I'm just telling you, just like straightforward. God say, just tell them, just, <laughs> we don't need a parable. We don't need to dress it up. God say, stop walking away from me because of what people do. I ain't do you nothing. Just go layman turn. Somebody say, God ain't do that to you. Somebody say, he don't change. That's what I'm talking about. Brother said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He don't change. How many times you, I mean, have you ever just had a friend, just one of them, you just knew you can count on him? You just know no matter how ugly it get, how bad it get, he got you. That's how God is. He got you. Look at verse 17. It's beautiful. They say every good and perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the father of lights. Now he's about to talk about his character. With whom is no what? Variableness. Neither shadow of turning. It's all throughout the Bible. It says that God is the kind of God that in him is no variableness. You never have to wonder. You know how some people they got, I'm a, I got some words coming to me. They funny acting. <laughs> Moody. Sometimes, oh, I like that. <laughs> Sometimes, wishy-washy. Come on, y'all give me some more. Bipolar. <laughs> he said, Inconsistent, psychotic. Come on, what else? Not all the way there. Fake. That's the one I like right there. God say I'm not fake. God say there's no variableness in me. I'm consistent. You can count on me. When you get up in the morning, I'm gonna be right there. Good morning. My mercies are new every morning. My compassions fail not. I'm consistent. Every time you call up on me, I'm gonna be there. You can count on me. If you go to jail, I'm coming with you. If you go to prison, I'm coming with you. If you get divorce papers dropped at your door, I'm gonna be right there with you when your heart breaks to put it back together. If they put a red tag on your door that's your light bill getting cut off I'm going to be right there to let you know I am the Lord that provides for you I am Jehovah Jireh I am Jehovah Nisi I am Jehovah Rapha I'm going to take care of you God said as soon as calamity hit the Holy Ghost going to let you know I got you God say in me there is no variableness God say, I don't care how tight you are with somebody, they're not me. 
because something can happen and make them turn. But I don't turn and neither can I be tempted to do evil. There's nothing anybody can put before me to make me plot evil against you. Nobody can backbite in prayer and make me harm you. Because that's what they wanted Balaam to do. Balaam went to God and wanted God to curse him. But I say nobody can pray a curse on you when I blessed you. But I say, nobody can come to me in prayer, can ask me to do you some harm, and I see you walking clean. But I say, nobody can persuade me to do evil. Nobody can talk me into going against a righteous man. Got to know our word. (laughs) Got to know your word. Whenever they came, what's that one right there? God ain't ain't no cutthroat in God. <laughs> you know how you get some of them co-workers you thought he was your boy and as soon as he get a chance to roll you, he roll you for advantage. <laughs> By sneaking in your back door. Trying to set you up with the feds. God say, I'm not that kind of friend. I'm never going to try to set you up with the devil. The devil can't come to me. Even when the devil come, I'm going to tell him you can only go so far. God say, when the enemy come like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard and say, no, you cannot go only but what he can bear. God say, I got your back. Are we going to turn on God because people shady? And nobody says shady. God ain't shady. And a lot of you walk around with disappointments and heartbreaks. And guess what? A lot of people get surprised when they find shady people in church. How many of you know that they've got some people in church still got some shadiness in them? Still got some cutthroat in them? Still, every soon as they see you do one wrong thing, they're going to try to go to the, see, I told you, I told Man, no, God is not like that. God is just. He say, are not my ways equal? I'm not going to judge you based on what somebody else say. Why ain't shady, man? Conniving, see? All the words coming out right now. Not shysty. <laughs> See, now y'all starting to remember. God say in him there's no darkness at all. You can count on him. He ain't petty. Look, y'all, y'all talking to me now. Are we preaching now? We preaching. Isn't that beautiful though? See? And a lot of you, it's time for you to build your walk with Christ and get rooted and grounded in Christ. Because <laughs> no matter where, where life take you, as long as you take Christ with you, you're good. Lord Jesus. The devil don't like this. Because he wants you to keep your eyes on people. But God sent me to let the church know that there is no variableness in me. I don't change on you. Then they got another need and switched up on me. <laughs> it's not God. Let's go to Hebrews real quick. Verse 13. Chapter 13. I'm sorry. Oh, man. There's so many things that just bear witness to the character of God. I mean, just bear witness. Now, this is good right here. This this verse right here. Look what it say, verse. Okay. And I'm going to slow down because I want to teach you something right here. I want you to get something. Amen. Verse 7. Now, I'm going to show you how you should interact with humans look what verse 7 tells you remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God it say whose fate follow not blind considering the end of their conversation in other words as long as you see them walking in faith follow them but watch their life if the life change hey 
Look what the next verse say. Watch how beautiful it is. He say, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't say the person you follow was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, Jesus is the only one that's going to be the same yesterday, the same today, and forever. His character is now sealed, is consistent. When he put flesh on, the devil tried to corrupt him and contaminate him. He passed it. He can no longer be contaminated. Until somebody put this flesh off, they are subject to being contaminated again. He said, if somebody have rule over you in the Lord, follow their faith. But watch the conversation. Conversation means lifestyle. He said, consider the end of the conversation. But then he put that next verse or put the attention on Christ because he's the only one that has overcome this world. And now his character can never change again. Even Paul said, let's I preach to others. And then I become a castaway. What Paul was saying is, I haven't reached the status where Christ said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul said, as long as I'm in this flesh, I got to keep it under subjection. Because if I ever let it get the best of me, all them people I preach to are going to go to heaven, and I'm going to be thrown away. Sister said, help us. (laughs) And guess what? Right now, if I'm leading you and my faith is, you see faith and a good conversation, let's roll. But I still get tempted. The devil still fights me. He still, because as long as he see this body, he's, until I put this tabernacle off, he coming. That's the reality of this thing. Until I take this tabernacle down, he is going to try everything in his power to get me to get corrupted. But once I put this tabernacle off, the Bible say, let him that's holy be holy still. <laughs> once I die, if I die holy, I'm holy forever. Then I could say like Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I haven't reached that point yet. I still got a tabernacle to keep him under subjection. That's sound. Hallelujah. Somebody say Jesus won't change on you. Somebody say he's consistent. All right, let's go over here to Hebrews 8. Amen. Anybody getting something out of this word tonight? Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 8. Now, this part right here, this is going to shift you. So let me take my time. I want to. Sh- I want you to get this right here. The verse seven to thirteen is what I'm going to attempt. Let me just read it. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. To for finding fault with them, he said, "Behold, the days come," said the Lord, "when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah." He says, "Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers." When I took the, in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, said the Lord. He said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. He said, I will put my laws in their mind and I will write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Here's the key verse. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. He say, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Now, here's what this new covenant is speaking to you. God has a desire to know you at the level you are on. From the least can mean those that just come into the kingdom. <laughs> and to the greatest can mean those that have been in the kingdom and now they are living the commandments and teaching others also. Because Jesus said those that are greatest in the kingdom are those that teach it and do it. 
So from the least, from those that come in all the way to those that are now teaching, look what the scripture say. It say God want to know you at the level that you're on. And then look what he said. This is the part that a lot of people don't like. He said, "Can we're not going to be running around say every, for everybody to teach their neighbor. When God was trying to break this, you're so much of your reliance on human beings for you to be saved. Oh, he said, in this covenant, I'm trying to bring in something to where you're going to rely on me. Right. And you're going to know me. And I'm going to come talk to you and teach you. And I'm going to break my word down to you according to your level of understanding. I don't care if you only can read on a third grade level. That Holy Ghost will come and he'll start breaking that thing down to you at your level of comprehension. God say, God, I want to know you at the level you own. And look what no mean. Now, this is where it get good. <laughs> when you know somebody. You can perceive them. You can feel them. You can understand them. And after you've been with them from a, for a while, you could experience, when a husband and a wife know each other, sometimes they don't even have to talk. It's just a, it's like a communication thing. It's just like a wavelength. It's just, it's an intimacy that goes beyond fleshly. And that's what God is saying. God is saying this. I want you to be able to perceive my voice. To be able to perceive when I'm speaking to you. Be, perceive when I'm dealing with you. Perceive when I'm calling you to pray. Perceive when I'm opening up scripture to you. When you know somebody, you are aware of them. You can feel them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> God said, I'm t God said, but the days going to come, well, you're not going to be saved if your best friend saved. Some people backslide if their friend backslide. <laughs> if the wife don't want to be saved, the husband don't want to come to church no more. <laughs> God said, it's time out for that level of Christianity. God said, whatever level you own, I'm going to keep you at that level. I'm going to walk with you when you come in at the least all the way until you move to becoming the greatest. From righteousness all the way to holiness. If you seek after me with all of your heart, you will find me. God say that's my promise to you. Ooh. <laughs> See, the difference with this covenant and the old one, they had filters. <laughs> they had to go to men. See, the modern preachers ain't going to like this right here. <laughs> Even Paul preached when he left a city. He preached and preached and taught and taught. And when he left, look what he said. I commend you to God. <laughs> what he said? He said, now your salvation is your responsibility. He said, now it's time for you to learn how to find food. <laughs> See, a lot of Christians don't know how to find food. See, when you want to survive, you're going to find food. And you're, going to, you're not going to eat just anything. You're going to pray and say, God. See, a lot of people bless their natural food, but they don't bless their spiritual food. They just eat any old thing. <laughs> you better ask that Holy Ghost, is this a preacher I can eat from? The Bible say, beloved, believe not every spirit. He say, but try the spirits to see whether it's of God. See that Holy Ghost, you'll be watching a preacher and you'll be watching and then that Holy Ghost will say, watch this. <laughs> At a preacher, I love watching, man. I was watching, watching. I loved him. He would preach and that word would be good. And then he said these words. <laughs> he said he was preaching on, he said, and now if that was me, I would have cussed. Let me show you what I did. I'm going to show you how fast I turned it off. And unfollowed. 
I don't care how good you can preach. <laughs> when you start preaching doctrines that allow people to have spots and wrinkles and blemishes in their life, I don't want no part of you. I don't care if you got 8,000 people running nine services. You got to be telling people that God is requiring them to live a clean life and that he can help them do it. Don't tell people that you can come to God. God has made a way for you to live a life that please him. I'd rather take our time and get quality people than alter the standards like Balaam. God want to know you. Tell your neighbor, God want to know you. <laughs> I like how she pointed at that little girl. See, God can know that. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, in that old covenant, man, they had to go wait for the priest once a year, and he would come in there once a year. And then if he wasn't living right, he died. Now your sacrifice didn't even get where it was supposed to go. <laughs> I say, I'm getting all these filters out of the way. I don't need all these people in between me and nobody. He said, you have access to the Father by the Spirit. As soon as you get the Spirit, you can go straight to God. I say, I don't need all of these priests in the way and all of these shrines and all. No. When you get that Holy Ghost, the Bible says it like this. How be it in the spirit? He speak mysteries. He say no man understand him, but his spirit is talking to God. You don't need to come to the pastor and speak in tongues and then I say, okay, God, this is what they just said. Somebody say go for yourself. Somebody say, go for yourself. Somebody say, he waiting on you. He don't change. And what's good about God, when he saw all of those filters between him and humanity, when he saw those bulls coming up and they going back and doing this, he said, man, this is not allowing me to get to the heart. I want that heart. I said, I want that heart. That's what I'm after that heart. And this system right here is blocking me from the heart. I need to put something in place that lets me circumcise that heart. I want, I want intimacy. I want to deal with them. I want them when they put something on HBO that's not right. I want them to feel something. I don't want them to, I want them to get uncomfortable. I want them to get nervous. I want them to get unsettled. I want them to say a bad word and just feel terrible. I don't want this old covenant where they can go lay with somebody and throw me a bull. I want them to feel bad when they look the wrong way. I don't want them to just go kill somebody and throw me a bull. I want them to feel bad when they get angry. I want, to, I want them to feel me when their heart is not right. I say, I need to bring a covenant in there that at the, at the inception, at the birthplace of sin, it say when sin is conceived, God say, I want to deal with them at the conception level. Because this old covenant, I can't deal with it at the, cons I can't get to where the problem is. I say, I need to bring in a covenant that's going to deal with the conception of it. When it's in the thought form, that's where I want to be. When they thinking about it, I want to be right there. Telling them things like casting down every imagination. Take your thoughts into captivity. Analyze every thought that comes into your mind. If it's not lovely, just honest, and virtue of good report and praise, think on these things, Paul said. I want to deal with you at the spirit level. God don't want you coming to church out of obligation. He wants you coming because you can't wait to get in his presence. And he wants you to come. If nobody else want to come, you just say, hey, you're not coming tonight? Okay, bless God. I'm good. <laughs> and don't call me when I get there? No. Don't call me when I get to church. Don't text me, email me, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Messenger, nothing. I'm going before God and I don't need any distractions because I need to hear what God telling me. You mean to tell me God is coming to tell me he want to know me? He want to be with me intimately and you want to text me about something we've been arguing about? God forbid. I don't have time to be worrying about that right now. The creator of the world is telling me that there's no variableness and no shadow turning and that he just want to talk to me. God say he want to communicate with you. Somebody say he want to deal with you. 
He want to show you things to come. Lord Jesus. He said, I got to put a covenant in place where I can just get straight to the spirit. Somebody say no filters. No priest in the way. No preacher in the way. No husband in the way. No kids in the way. Straight to the father. That's what this covenant is about. Oh, my God. Sister, say, this is good. I'm enjoying myself. Y'all don't pay me no mind. I love serving the Lord. Amen. Let's go to John 14, and I'm going to, this is the last thing I want to share with you. Amen. Lord, this is so beautiful. So y'all got that point I was trying to give y'all from Hebrews 8, that you need to know the Lord. It's time out for you to be in no shaky ground because things happening around you. The Bible says be steadfast, unmovable. It says be steadfast, (laughs) unmovable. Somebody say unmovable. Somebody say unmovable. Somebody say unmovable. Steadfast. Somebody say I ain't going nowhere. Somebody say I ain't changing. Somebody say I'm going to be here for the long haul. Steadfast. Consistent. I see it all of the time, man, in this past year. People come to Christ and one little thing happened. What if God was like that? Look, y'all said, ooh. <laughs> what if God bailed on you when that spirit of depression was wrecking your life? <laughs> and God said, I don't feel like, I just don't feel like giving grace today. <laughs> I don't care if you go to the throne of grace at three in the morning, it's open. <laughs> if you go on the throne of grace in the restroom in your job, <laughs> it's open. <laughs> if you need the throne of grace in your car, it's available. But God calling you to serve him and he can't find you because somebody made you mad. You need to say, God, I don't care what happened. The same way you consistent with me, that's how I'm going to be with you. Preacher say 100. <laughs> I love New Turk. I love the languages because they change. They evolve. They didn't talk like, you know, I love language. It just, yeah. People come up with new sayings saying the same thing. Somebody say God is consistent. Somebody say God is not a man. Lord Jesus. Ain't that good though? <laughs> Thank God he's not a man. We'll be in trouble. He's not moody. You ever had been around somebody moody? Now if you moody, don't be like that no more, y'all. Because that's just ugly. <laughs> and I ain't never read nowhere in the, if you saying you got the Holy Ghost, I ain't never saw a fruit of the Spirit called Moody. Paul didn't have works of the flesh. Moody wasn't there, but I'm putting it in there because he said in such light. So if you got, if you moody, that's a work of your flesh. That ain't got nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. You walking in the flesh. When you happy one minute, sat down, no, you in your flesh. That's your mood swings. There ain't no mood swings in the Holy Ghost. They're not allowable. They're not tolerant. It's not of God. Why? Because in him is no variableness and no shadow of turning. So guess what should be? You should be like. You should become like that. You should become consistent. You should become trustworthy, solid, full of integrity. When somebody speaks to you, bless him. How you doing? That shouldn't be dependent upon what you're going through. Because your praise and your way you treat people, you got to do that. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with, what you're going through. You're not excused to mistreat people because you're going through a trial. You don't get excuse to tell nobody off because your rent didn't get paid. I don't care what's going on around you. If you're professing to be representing God, you got to be like God. 
I just threw that in. Bless him. Holy Ghost just showed me that. Moody. Can I put that on the work of the flesh? Y'all, y'all bear witness with that? That's definitely not in the spirit. What if the Holy Ghost was moody? You trying to get a breakthrough and the Holy Ghost say, I don't feel like talking in no tongue today. Leave me alone. I'm aggravated. That's how some of you be. Can you give me something to drink? I don't get your arm. Can you imagine if the Holy Ghost responded the way we do because we going through things? You wouldn't want that spirit in you. Like he said, the Holy Ghost. What did the Holy Ghost say? I need to vent. <laughs> Somebody say, preacher, leave me alone. It's real though. All right, let me walk through this passage in John and we're going to pray. Y'all don't mind? Y'all getting something out of this word tonight? Praise God. John 14. And I will pray the Father, verse 16. This is beautiful. This is beautiful, beyond beautiful. He said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you. How long? Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. If you're trying to be worldly, you can't get this. Because it seeth him not. What he's saying is the world can respond only by what they see, but this is a fate walk. To say, neither know him. When you live in worldly, you can't know the Holy Ghost because he's calling you out of the world. To say, but you know him. Now, this is where it gets good. For he dwelleth with you. Now, right there, Jesus saying, the Holy Ghost has been in me. And you've been watching how I live being led by the Holy Ghost. He's been right here with you all of this time. But then he moved a little further. And he says, but now he's going to be in you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How does Jesus come to you? This is how. Yet a little while, the world see me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, talking about when the Holy Ghost come, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me and I in you. What he was saying is you can't say that Jesus is in you if the Holy Ghost is not in you because that's how he comes in you. He comes in you, not by just saying some words. He come. He say, when the Holy Ghost comes in you, you're going to know. You're not going to get what I think I got. No. He say, when this spirit come upon you, you're going to know. Anybody knew when the Holy Ghost came? When he hit me, I knew. It wasn't no, I got touched. I think I got, it wasn't none of that. Something happened. He said, now this is beautiful. He that has my commandments and keep them, he it is that loving me. Isn't that beautiful? He says, this is how I know you love me. He said, not only should you have my commandments, but you got to keep them. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. Catch this. And will manifest myself to him. Do you want to know why God hasn't been manifesting itself to you? Because you haven't been obedient. Do you wonder why you can't hear the voice of God? Because you haven't been obedient. Do you wonder why you can't feel him, perceive him? If you make up in your mind that you want to please him, look what he said. I am going to manifest myself. You know what manifest me? When something is manifested, you have no doubt that is there. Jesus saying, I will make sure that you know that it was me. And what he's saying is, when you in situations and you obeying me, I will manifest. Manifest means you're going to see the result that he was there. If you have a sickness and you obeying him and you believe in him, Jesus didn't manifest if you walk away sick. But he manifested by you being healed. If you got an addiction and you come to the altar, and in your mind, you made up in your mind that you giving that up. How will you know Jesus came? Because that addiction going to be broken. That's him manifesting himself. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, 
<laughs> there's liberty. See, but this thing is not hard. Don't say you have the spirit and you bound. <laughs> you can't bondage and the spirit can't be in the same house. See, if you bound, then that's not the spirit. But if you in bondage and you come to that altar and you say, Lord, I don't want this bondage no more. Neither am I going to live a life that gives this bondage legal right to be there. That's why he said obey. Obeying the commandments puts you on a different legal ground. And now when you decide to obey God, the devil does not have the legal right to keep you in bondage. See? So what happened? That's why he put the commandments, obedience to his commandments, they preceded the manifestation. Because when you come and you're obedient, I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care what you're dealing with when you come to the altar. See, and how many of you seen people come to the altar and leave the altar the same way? That's because you didn't make up your mind. But if your mind is made up and you come to this altar, he will manifest himself. And how will you know? Because something is going to happen at that altar. He's going to show up. He's going to change your life. That's a good name for a ministry, life change. That's good. just heard that that make a lot of sense <laughs> it said if any man is in Christ he ain't gonna be moody he ain't gonna be full of lust he ain't gonna be full of murder and hate no if he is in Christ that's a new creature but how do you know because that spirit is in him see Jesus said I will manifest this time out for the church where with no manifestation of Christ you got all kind of people with hermeneutics, exegesis, exegesis. Get that right. All of that. That just means it's going into scriptures. You know, a lot of people can do that, but the power of God, if the power of God is not showing up, then what's it matter how eloquent you broke the word down? <laughs> Who cares how dynamic you preach? And people just come to church and they leave still moody with a bad attitude, addicted to crack, abound with murder, still want to go sell drugs. Who cares how well you can preach? People want to come to the house of the Lord and have a manifestation of God. God going to manifest in the red roof in. And don't y'all rush this manifestation either. Because I don't want to be part of a church where we got to rush the manifestation. Okay, God, hurry up. Now, people have been dealing with some serious things in their life. That's why Jesus instructs. See, this is the church don't want to hear it. But Jesus said, get in that upper room and tarry. What he mean is, don't you come out of there until I manifest myself. <laughs> he said, until I manifest, you not finish. I'm pre. You gotta let say God manifest yourself. Somebody say God show up. God say show up. Somebody say God, I want to feel you. I want to know you. I want to be faithful to you, like you faithful to me. See, you can feel that Holy Ghost in the air. Y'all don't feel that in the air. <laughs> That's that manifestation coming. Lord, it's so beautiful. Can I just finish reading this right here? Because it's beautiful. Y'all stand up. I'm going to just finish reading it. And I want y'all to get y'all mind focused. Hallelujah. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Lord Jesus. Judas said unto him, not as scary, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to me or us and not unto the world? Judas wanted to know, what makes us so special that we're going to get to see you manifest yourself but not the world? Look what Jesus said. If, you, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. Look, church, and we will come unto him. Jesus is saying me and my father will come to you and make our abode with you 
abide means they he want to live with you. He want to live with you when you having marital problems because he want to instruct you on how to deal with it. When you have a financial problem, he want to get in those financial problems with you and give you counsel on how to deal with it. When you got crucial decisions to make, he want to be right there with you. He said, we will come and make our abode with you. Lord, that's so beautiful. Lord, that's beautiful. It says, verse number 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. Remember Hebrews? And he shall bring all things to your remembrance. But whatsoever I've said unto you. He said, peace I leave with you. Because some of you in here troubled. You came in here troubled. But God want to give you peace. He said, my peace I give to you. And where is it? It's in the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, righteousness, joy, and peace is in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He said, not as the world give it. He said, as long as you're in the world, you're going to have trouble. As long as you're in the world, you're going to deal with shady people and moving emotions. That's just what's in the world. He said, but my peace I give to you.